Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hit Recap and Review Podcast. Good. Weird. Great. I am, of course, your host, John. And joining me today from the Red Wastes of Texas is, as always, Patrick Ramirez. It's great to be here, everybody. So good to be here. Feels a little bit weird. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Patrick. And also joining me is the disembodied voice that you just heard, the great, the mighty, Jesse Wind. I come from down deep. And down deep, we have sick tattoos and we graffiti the walls. (laughs) Nice. And, you know... How are you guys doing? Emotionally good. shooketh. How are you, Patrick? I'm good. Doing so good. I'm better than the people living in the silo. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. Because nobody in the silo knows how to swim. They don't know a lot of things. They don't know a lot of things. Let's uh, let's let's not get into the episodes quite yet. Because I was thinking, since there's not really that much to talk about in these first two episodes, that maybe we could like just kind of shoot the shit and talk about our lives and stuff for a little bit you know maybe like 30 minutes or so and then just leave like 30 minutes of actual discussion just rip through these podcasts or through these episodes (laughs) yeah i hate you so much (laughs) yeah not a lot of meat here right john yeah i I don't really know what to talk about so i hope you guys have notes um i did like john can write a fucking college dissertation on what he probably thinks of these first two episodes and how it relates to the fucking russian goddamn like overthrowing itself to like i I, i'm not gonna understand half of the things you're thinking about this right now john you have to have so much to say i just think did you not write this because halfway through i was pretty sure you probably wrote this i think the silo is a cool place to live and i'm glad that i got to see it it's a utopian fiction as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, that part of it was cool, but just not, it wasn't very deep other than that. You're right. So, it is a commune, technically. Yeah, it's probably the best place that anyone's ever created in fiction. So uh, we're talking about the first two episodes of The Silo, the first two episodes of the first and only season of The Silo, the first of which being Freedom Day. And in this episode, we are introduced to the silo, both the location and the concept of the silo. And we also meet its sheriff, Holston Becker. Uh, He is voluntarily exiled when he asks to leave the silo. And it turns out that he did this to be with his wife. Um, And we basically, throughout the episode, learn the conditions, more or less, that led to her uh, leaving in the first place. So... Uh, we'll just talk about this first episode first, since that's the order that they came out in. But first, I just wanted to say that I think this, um, you know, we behind the curtains had had a little bit of a discussion about how we wanted to cover this, whether it was one episode at a time, two episodes, more episodes, what we wanted to do. And I think that at least for these first two, two was the perfect amount because these episodes really do feel, because I know they came out on the same day also, and they do feel like they're meant to be watched together. Good. Yes. Yeah. Kind of to get you hooked. Yeah. And it, it, you, you need both of them because that's the thing is it, it does a, like a, a lot of good fiction does this, but it'll start with a secondary story that is like an inciting incident almost for the main narrative. So like we're spending time. This is almost our fucking Frank episode from uh, the first episode is almost like a Frank episode from The Last of Us because like we're not going to be with those people for the rest of this season, but they Whoa, set up spoiler dominoes. Well, I'm. Talking about the first fucking two episodes. Wait, um, <laughs> are you under the impression that they're dead? Because that's very silly of you. Yeah, yeah. Nice try there, Jesse. <laughs> You're trying to distract us from the truth. They are alive in those dead suits. If you, I'm, I can't tell if I'm being fucked with or you think I'm fucking with you right now. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, but also oh, cool. I would not be surprised if it turns out that they're actually alive and that that's like a holographic projection that showed them dying or something. No, for Mm -hmm. sure. That's like 75% of the way through this episode. A note I was going to bring up and postulate with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Let's back up though. Let's just talk very base level stuff. Let's talk about just uh, Allison and Holston and their life 
on in the silo about the silo in general shit like that i just mm-hmm. i can take it one step before that even john the apple tv app fucks i'm not an apple person i'm a weird android person who's owned like every pixel phone since before they were called pixel phones really not about apple and kind of anyway maybe talk shit about it sometimes the apple tv app as a streaming service is clearly the most well put together highest bit rate best streaming service i've ever fucking used by far how much are they paying you jesse like leagues. So here's the fucking crazy thing is I had an Apple TV moment last week that y'all don't even know about where I was already like, man, Apple TV's fucking on point right now. Um, I booted up Ghostbusters Afterlife in five different apps on like three different platforms and it looked so fucking bad. I was like genuinely angry about it. And yeah, I know like first world problems. I get it. But it was like <laughs> You knew what I was thinking. (laughs) It was insultingly bad, bro. It was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't make. Oh, so fucking mad, dude. So I booted this movie up for five different times and the only streaming service that it looked good on. And I'm not like, because like er, people listening to this podcast, I don't know if you know me as well as John knows me, but I'm a weird anal freak nerd about stuff. That's not what I'm doing right now. I'm not like, oh, one's like a 9 out of 10 and one's like a 10 out of 10. One was like a 6 and one was like an 11. And it was disgusting. And then I booted this fucking show up. It's so, the blacks are black. There's not artifacting. The color's gradient appropriately. It's like really fucking note. If I was sitting next to you on a couch, I could, if you didn't notice it because you're normal or whatever, I could point at it and you would immediately fucking notice. It looks so good. We can start the episode now. That's a fucking real talk, dude. <laughs> yeah, I've been I'm looking having, up bit uh, rates. Like, it's so good. I was streaming Stars, the app, through the Apple TV app, and it improved the Stars stream through the Apple TV app. It's insane. Well, all I can say is <laughs> rare Apple dub, I guess. Dude, right? Coming from me? Okay, um, now we can start this episode. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm having flashbacks to the Last of Us game oh, episodes. <laughs> the uh, technical corner. Did, the tech corner. Did I talk about on this podcast that my wife listens to the podcast and she said that she got to that part and she wanted to like reach through the phone and strangle us because it was so boring? <laughs> <laughs> Where we were talking about PC settings or something? Well, did, yeah. she, did she have to live through installing a shitty game on your computer and like trying to play it over and over again? Because that would make you very frustrated. And you make just you reminded talk about me of it. the five-hour install time I had before I rebought a game. Yeah, anyway. that's, that's a different podcast. So the whole lore behind the silo thing, it's like, I don't know, it's its not that original, but it is mysterious. Whoa, it definitely, wow, John, wow. Those are your opinions, sir? I'm, yeah, I think I'm something... saying I'm only speaking from my, my perspective and my opinions, but I'm, I'm just saying I, it wasn't like surprising or like anything like that to me specifically. But what I liked about it was just the sense of mystery and how so Mm -hmm. little is known about it kind of reminded me of like Westworld or something like that, where there's this mystery that's, you don't even know the extent to which you don't know, which is, yeah, I would call that interesting, John. I didn't say it was like, interesting. I said it wasn't original. (laughs) It's not original. Okay. It's a, it's not original, but it's a mystery. You are enthralled to figure out. I think, I think John's like, uh, got, I have like kind of agree with that. I'd say it's not like a totally original idea, but I think name the way two th- other movies where you're locked in a thing and don't know why you're locked in Dude, it from the outside and the game Fallout, Fallout doesn't like, count. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it is pretty much <laughs> the it's one like game you're thinking of does not make this not no, but I like, super fun. I do no. like how the whole thing with the mystery you don't know they don't know why they're down there. They have you know we get clues and breadcrumbs for these first two episodes about like for sure there are people that may know more about this than we do. And we're being information is being held back from us. Right. So I, I like how that plays a huge part in this show. Agreed. Agreed. Where that's going. That's like, that's a really cool part to me. Yeah. yeah we'll talk through that, but the, the lost knowledge goes from yeah. basic knowledge to more complicated. Not like that does make it very unique and interesting to me. Like, like you said, there, there so many generations have lived in the silo. They don't remember what bad thing ever happened to make them need to be in there in the first place. 
Yeah, and also like the fact that there was a rebellion at some point and it was put down, but like the yep. people who did the rebellion wanted to break out of the silo. So, I mean, you can kind of That's assume that they knew something like if well they didn't they well, say they wanted to break open the doors and let the poison gases in. That's what that's what they're told on uh, Freedom Day or whatever. Yeah, the people who are alive who write the propaganda tell us that the terrorists, freedom fighters, were like, gonna do some horrible shit. I, yeah, I, I kind of assumed that that was just uh, a slant that they put on the story about, oh, they wanted to let the poison gas in. But I'm kind of thinking, like, if they wanted to open the doors, it probably wasn't just like, because they had a Dr. Evil scheme to kill everybody in the silo. They probably knew something and wanted to escape or whatever, you know? So. For sure. that That's my thought as well. Like, yes, I bet there's some kind of dissemination of knowledge that started that riot. And mm-hmm. not just a like, we want to go outside. So and, I, and I speak only can confined knowledge from episodes we're talking about. I was just talking to Patrick, but like, I don't even remember most of this book. I remember like two twists about this book, so... It'll be pretty easy for me to stay in the episodes we'll be discussing. I know that what is going to happen is that it turns out that the people who founded the silo are bad guys and the rebels were actually good and they wanted to save everybody or blah, blah, blah. That's mm-hmm. what I'm assuming is going to happen. Shut the fuck up, Patrick. I'm not so sure. Shut the I'm fuck a, up. I, I haven't read the book. Oh, all okay. The way. Okay. Good. Yeah, no, good. I, I was like, I'm only I'm only on these. Uh, I'm just speaking for I'm on like episode five, I think, but it's not like. There's revelations that are, yeah. I'm not gonna say anything. What I was gonna (laughs) say though is that I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that the reverse is true because that is gonna be the actually like interesting twist that could happen. Is like, oh yeah, no, they just were bad actually, and everything that happened to them was justified. (laughs) You know, there's almost no way you're gonna guess. It's I, and that's not even this. So here's the thing: is this is a contained narrative. That fully wraps itself up in what I find is a very satisfying way by the end of the book. And then the second book is the prequel, like a la Star Wars or whatever. And a lot of people will recommend if you like Wool and you feel good when it ends. Oh, it's not called uh, Silo. The, the the show is based on a book called Wool. But, uh, but a lot of people tell you to just stop reading it. Because it's like if you just watched episodes four, five, and six and didn't watch the prequels. Like, you don't need to. I wonder if they were even going to try to make the prequel. I'm very, if the, I guess if this makes enough money, that's not a fucking option. Well, I read yeah. that this season one is half of the wool book. That makes, that makes so much sense that they would do that. But uh, I was going to say, like, I've rewatched one and two because I watched them when they came out. And then when we talked about this podcast, I rewatched them and I caught something that I, it's, it's in episode one. Yeah. And I think the payoff is in episode one or the reveals in episode one too. So like, Episode one, uh, Allison goes out at the end, right? Yes. Do you remember that when she's in the computer with uh, Gary or whatever that guy at the, com- at the IT guy? George. George, right? She goes to George's apartment, his computer repair shop. Yeah. And they find that file that's like um, Jane something cleaning. Yes, and, uh, I do. And it's like you see the reflection in her glasses and it's like the birds and that flying V. Mm-hmm. And then... When she goes out, see the same thing, and I'm like, "Oh, what?" Like I didn't catch that the first time I watched it. I was, I just thought, you know, she sees the outside, and you're like, "Oh, like the outside's fine." Like they're fucking lying to you. It's like that that window that I thought was a window is that they're all just screens from that camera, and like they're manipulating the feed, right? But then I was like, "Oh man, like what are the odds that you see the same pack of flying V birds?" Like that's that's not coincidence, right? So now I'm thinking, "Oh, the." fucking helmet thing that they wear is like a is a uh, screen like it's projecting a screen for them to see shit right that's not how i interpreted it but that's interesting the first time i watched it i thought that was she was seeing the outside and then when i watched it again i was like why would you see the same formation of birds right and now i'm yeah, like i guess like the argument would be like that's how birds fly or whatever <laughs> but yeah. like the In reality, like, oh, there's like, another, I see there's another what you're coming. saying. I see now that we're here, though, John. What were you thinking? Because I think it's worth discussing in this moment instead of waiting 20 more minutes or whatever. I, I agree that I think that's just how birds do, and there's probably just a lot of birds. 
Um, I, I was pretty sure that um, they were poisoning them with the helmets, like the helmet mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. tank or whatever just was Same. poisoning them. I had that um, thought as well. Yeah, and that they were just manipulating the feed or whatever. Um, I don't know. Also, like, I don't know. There's so many possibilities. I'm, like, really not even right? trying to speculate that hard at this point. I just, it's clear that, there, guys, I think there might be more going on here than, uh, than meets the eye. <laughs> we call that uh, a little bit of fuckery where I come from. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's so some, uh, they're, they're not going for low hanging fruit. They're like building up it, up, building it up, you know. Oh, they I did are. Uh, do you notice know? what you were talking about, though, Patrick, with the reflection off of her glasses? Mm-hmm. That for was certain. a good catch. <clears throat> um, I love the nonlinear storytelling in this too. This is great. It's a little trippy at some points because I'm trying to remember like when what happened when. Yeah, and it helps that there are people that are no longer in the episode for sure. So you kind of bookend like the experience. What's interesting also is the books kind of do that as a trilogy. Like it's the first book and then a prequel book. And then the third book catches up where the first book leaves off. Um, But entirely does have to do with the plot of the second book. So that's like just a cool. I'm really enjoying that. Um, That is cool. I'm going to start the episode and bullet through until you guys think something's really interesting. You want to go through Um, every plot point? Wait, what? (laughs) That's not what I literally said. Um, <laughs> Wait, what are you doing? I wanted to ask you, what was your immediate first impression of Bernard? Oh, from Westworld? Yeah, dude. Is he from uh, Westworld? No. I didn't watch that <laughs> just, show. I'm just kidding. Every time I hear the name Bernard, I just think of oh, okay. the Bernard from uh, Westworld. Who was he again? Um, Maybe that's all the answer I need, to be honest. Bernard was the IT guy, right? The nope, that was George. Allison's boss. Yes, Allison's yes, boss. yes, yes, yes. Oh. Allison's boss. Uh, what's his name? Tim Robbins, who's like eight feet tall. I forgot how tall that dude was. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm just gonna skip skip through that uh, purposefully for now. When because we know some answers now. When you first saw the doctor, did you go like that dude's a fucking creep? Like immediately. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh I thought there was some there was some tomfoolery going on when he had that curtain next to her, and you're like. I mean, Honestly, yeah, I'm me too, bro. Because like, did he really take the birth control out? Sorry, I did not mean to cut you off. I got excited. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. It's same thing. It's just like you don't put that curtain up unless you're like usually doing some real fucked up shit. But yeah, uh, I think from like an opsec perspective, it does make sense that you wouldn't want them to see you put it in, so then they could see how you're putting it in and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wonder uh, if only we weren't three men doing a podcast together. Well, I think this is like a weird sci-fi version of I don't. This isn't like a regular IUD or whatever, is it? No, I know. I was just going to ask for like regular uh, uh, like OBGYN visits. Like, do they do shit like that? Or are you just like looking at a dude fingering you while he does medical stuff? What? No, it was like in her side, right? Oh, you mean like in real world? In real life. That's where I was like even lowering my bar and going like, does that just like a kind of a like maybe that's just like some weird discretion where you're like, maybe I don't want to see the mechanic working on the car. Like, well, I get you're down there. I get it. Yeah, I think it's a little different. It's probably, I, I have not, I okay, <laughs> obviously so, don't have experience with this. Uh, I, I did have a really funny thought. Do you want to hear it? Please. Yeah. So that doctor, he's not actually a doctor. He was like a uh, failed sleight of hand magician. So that's <laughs> that's why they hired him for this. So that he could like be like, and I took out your birth control. And then he waves it around and it disappears up his sleeve. He's like and the... Yeah, the uh, Truman Show, the magician guy who plays the doctor in this, in this, uh, for this woman. He takes the IUD out and then backs up, and right where that curtain is, he splits his wife in half, and he's like, "Look!" <laughs> no, he's like, "He's like, now please check your side. Do you feel anything missing?" <laughs> oh, and I found this chocolate coin behind your ear. Holston, check your pocket, and you'll find the bloody virtual <laughs> device. He's is like, this "Oh, gross!" Your IUD. <laughs> Uh, 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 man, there's so much in this episode. Seeing the fucking silo visualized, y'all, was so weirdly fulfilling for me. Yeah. Like, I don't get a lot of, like, I read the book and then I saw the thing or whatever. Mm. Oh, dude, it's good. It's way bigger than I thought it was, too. Because honestly, I thought they were like giant grain silos that had been converted. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. is. Like 120 stories and like hundred, a couple hundred feet wide. Yeah, this is a missile so, silo, but like a miss. Thank than you, that. John. Yeah, yeah. Even, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Did they say um, how many levels? It was like 150 or something. Yeah, right? at least 150. Was, yeah. 
totes. Yeah, and if each level's like ten feet tall and like nine right. feet tall, maybe like yeah, that's nonetheless how wide it is. Yeah, it seems like it has a huge wide. cement. Yeah, I don't even know how wide. Yeah, giant cement staircase in the middle. Yeah, giant gaps from the staircase. Anyway, don't need to go through that whole thing. Well, um, we saw the drill in episode two, so that's how oh, big yeah. it is. <laughs> I love um, that they like find that shit and they're just like. They have to speculate, like, yeah, I guess they they built this thing. Like, there's no, they don't have records yet. That says, like, you think that anymore. would be like a, a room, like, would be dedicated to like the the history and the science of the silo, right? Right. Like, well, there like, was like a science until room. the uprising when all of those terrorists oh they destroyed the hard drives, all the books, yeah, which is fucked and up, and wiped of them. all the servers, right? Um, they should have had a science room, man. Since we're talking about the birth control and stuff, can we just uh, talk about Rashida Jones for a minute? Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm just curious what you guys, how you guys like her. Because I, I I'm a big fan. I I think I thought Love she did her. really Would good. Marry in this episode. her. She could step on me. Number one. Number two. One of the best actors ever. Yeah. Every one of the people in this two these two episodes do some of the best acting I've ever seen. Like. Yeah. Not a single fucking person was I was like, oh, he was phoning it in or like in a scene. It was never like, oh, Rashida's acting circles around like this person. Like they all carried their fucking weight. The first episode in particular, even though it really is the first two, there are a lot of facial acting, a lot of facial acting. Yeah. Um, And she crushes. There's one scene where after she learns there are secrets and goes back to work the next day. It looks like you shot her dog in front of her while she's sitting at that desk. It doesn't even look like the same person at first. Yeah. She's got like the biggest range of like change from like a normal quote unquote like normal silo person to like person that's doubting everything to yeah. eventually a person that's demanding to go outside and like literally cut themselves open to prove a point. Yeah. And yeah, that's the conduit I think we as the audience need also because when you just at first present like the older lady or we first see George, like when people are too excited about something, there's almost like a distrust that is immediate, like a knee jerk reaction where I'm like, well, you are, you probably are one of those crazy people, but to see someone that seems like intelligent and respectable and like thinks through things slowly come to those realizations. And then she loses her mind. It carries a lot of weight. Yeah. I, as far as her performance, the part where, uh, you don't know, but she has just cut the thing out of her hip or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, like it was so good because you see her and you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Like you see, you're all sweaty and like pale and weird looking, pale. and then yeah, and then you see like the bloody gash, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I like when she meets with the old lady at f- that that like, and 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 the lady's like, oh, "Turn, I'm gonna turn the water up, and I need you to just." I don't want them hearing. And she's like, who mm-hmm. here? Who do you think would want to hear? Yeah. And that the planting the seed of, uh, do you really think you're the kind of person they want having a child? Oh man. And you can see that she didn't think about that. She's like, Oh, like kind of like strikes a chord with her. That, that lights the fucking fire dog. Like that, like the hard drive, even though it should have, with the gigs of data that it has and secrets that didn't even light her up. Like, like the kid that that's that, 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 that's something she cares about and she could not ever unhear mm-hmm. that. I, I would say almost singularly that lady saying that is the reason she ended up outside. Cause I think she could have gone back and lived with her husband and pretended that hard drive never existed. But as soon as someone told her, the only thing she's ever wanted was purposefully not given to her. That you like, you don't sleep at night anymore. Dude, also, like, not the same. Not even just not given to her. It was like they were toying with her by like saying she could do it when they had no intention of letting her do it. It's like so fucked up. For a, yeah, this was their third lot, or they were given two chances before and then they got the lottery again, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, they, yeah. Three years of like trying. That's a remarkable fucking troll or like i'm trying to think of the appropriate word for what john is describing because what john is describing i feel like is like torture the (laughs) the thesis of the whole show though is everybody is being lied to but also being told like we're doing our best this is a commune we all share everybody's equal we all have equal opportunities and so it's like any want that's not being met 
or it, it, you can't you can't trust anything. It's it's not quite gaslighting or whatever necessarily, but it's like it's it's a it's a gross form of manipulation. It's not just like, oh, we don't we don't have enough food anymore. It's having enough food for a lifetime and then still only giving people crumbs. Yeah, like, it's like buying 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 the 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 line that's being sold because you don't know enough to distrust it or like you're letting the wool being pulled over your eyes. Yeah. Because you're not aware that you, like you haven't even considered the possibility that you could be being lied to. For sure. Super Stockholm syndrome. I was going to say generational Stockholm syndrome. It's almost like a superimposed reality. Like there's yeah. the real world and then the silo and the, all of the institutions attached to it are like, an extra like layer of reality on top of that, that obfuscates what like the actual truth is. Yeah, dude. And can you, that basically is gaslighting. Cause can you imagine trying to live in that world and think regular logical conclusions and that everything around you says that's not true. Like I would go fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, some world building stuff. Did you notice like that? Th- this is a world building. They feed through like the first, episode or two without i'm not sure if they nail they hit the nail on the head or not um do you notice how scarce like wood and paper is yeah i did notice that um at the beginning about the paper yeah at the first episode there's a guy who has a like reclaimed metal guitar Mm -hmm. and that was the thing that set me off when i noticed that where it was just like just scraps welded together i like that the, that those like little t- background you're right at one point they they go like oh that paper's like it must have cost you a lot of money to print that out yeah <laughs> but there's a bunch of little things like that in the background all over that i'm like seeing um that's like even the the uh the, the what are they called porters the porters have like basically the like metal shelf that goes above your toilet tank and they just snap the legs off and like put it on their back and carry packages around oh just have like a huge day pack yeah they're hauling everything with a rack. It's, I, I, it's called it's called a rack, right? Or hiking rack yeah, or something. For sure. But I'm saying like that has to be reclaimed from some other like furniture or whatever. Right. Uh, so that was originally some like shelf. Since we were talking about performances, I wanted to say that also you, you kind of mentioned this, Jesse, but the other actors are doing a good job as well. And I noticed that um the I think he goes by like Danny O or something like that. The guy who plays Holston. Oh, Holston. Yeah. Uh, he was doing a really good job and he, dude, he had like the, the rage acting like on point, dude, when he was started yelling at people, like there was a vein popping out in his forehead. Did you see that? Yeah. Like when he's confronting Pete, the, he goes to after his, after his wife, right. Then he goes like, he, he wants to go beat up like that old lady. Right. Basically. Oh, David. O. thank you. <laughs> Yay. Um, well, I was looking into him, actually. He was in a movie in 2014 called Selma. Did you guys see this? No. I didn't see it, but I know of it, yeah. I, I didn't see it. I just, like, I was looking at his IMDb, and I saw it. He plays uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in that movie. Oh, yeah. It's a movie produced by Oprah and Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> it's point. a hella star-studded cast, like Brian Cranston's in it. Um, mm-hmm. The dude Tim who plays Roth. the Falcon. I forget his name. Common. It's oh, uh, I feel like I got to watch this movie because I've never even heard of it. Cuba Gooding Jr., Tessa Thompson. Who, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch it with you. And I um, think, yeah. Anyway, he, he was good. I liked it. Him in it. He's really fucking good, man. Like what I'm for how there, there's different tier. Like I wouldn't have put him in my mind in the same tier as um, Rebecca Ferguson or Rashida Jones, but now I notice I like I slept on him. Anybody I don't immediately recognize in this show, I immediately feel bad that I slept on them. Um Man. and I, I will apologize to you in person if I ever meet you. <laughs> what about a person that's familiar to me? I don't know if you guys know him, but Will Patton, who plays uh Deputy Marnes. Marnes, I think. Yeah. Dude, uh, I just noticed that I like my brain went, I know you from something. Damn you look old. What what do you know him from? Well, I know him from listening to a million Stephen King audiobooks. He does the voice. He has done audiobooks for like years for a lot of Stephen King books. And so his voice is like very familiar to me. So when I heard it, or I saw him and I heard it, and I was like, oh, it's Will Patton. And then he also, I think he's done some of the TV shows too. Like, I think he was in The Outsider. I can't remember. 
Maybe he's he wasn't. One, he's one, what I know him from is Armageddon. Okay. Armageddon out of here. But also, I'm just connecting these dots because I just watched the show and the credits are playing back in my head. I think he's like an executive producer or something on this. I'm trying to find the fucking credits now. But he had like a single title card during the credits. And I, he's like, I think he does something more than acting in this. God, I, looking at IMDb credits, though, is like impossible. Uh, I'm not even gonna keep doing this right now because it's bad podcasting. Yeah, and but. Uh, I was gonna say if we want to keep on track, we should probably move on to the second episode. <laughs> um, no way. We we, we have we, not we, talked about anything in this fucking episode. We talked yet. about so much, <laughs> so not that much. Um, okay, let me find one or two, like one important thing. I'm gonna cut. I'm cutting all my notes out. Um, okay, this is important. Um, I think this is all one idea I have here. I'm cutting out all my dumb comments. Um, okay. So mainly what an emotionally terrifying thing to think about going through to know you have anything to tell your significant other and they're scared to listen. That's tier one. But then tier two is like something serious and you're afraid to tell your partner. And then like tier three is truthfully unraveling a conspiracy theory about the controlled dystopia you live in and your husband, the sheriff who loves you and you're trying to have a child together. You are too frightened to communicate the most terrifying and important thing in your entire life. That like deeply disturbs me and grosses me out because love is supposed to fucking rise above dude. And like that is all it's, it's scary. It's like, really 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 psychologically horrifying to me like i feel like i should be able to come to you two and have you take me seriously about something like this like but nonetheless my partner the love of my life who i sleep next to every night and nobody knows me better than them like it's the crux of every movie somehow is like somebody finds something out but everybody thinks they're crazy and nobody will listen and it's i mean i believe that i could make you guys listen to me I think people would listen to her, but it just so happens that she made a mistake that you would never make, Jesse, which is she married a, a pig. So she oh, kind of made her own bed and now she's sleeping in it, if you ask me. And then, like, what a guy. What? Well, it, well he is like, I was about, yeah, what a what 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 a husband to just like not be there, man. Like, I don't give a fuck about the law. And to be honest, he realized that way too fucking late. That is where he ended up, but you're right. Maybe your wife wouldn't have fucking died like that if you would have fucking listened, bro. This, I mean, this is my also, nightmare. Yeah, he's also getting told like explanations for how she's acting by other people too, so that make more sense to him than what she's saying. So that's his other problem too, right? You're right. He does have that detective mind where he's trying to find anything that's slightly more reasonable to fill the hole, but like at a certain point when your wife cuts something out of her and then presents it to you, she goes, man, I was too scared to talk to you about this. So I was so scared to talk to you. I decided to open surgery with no anesthetic on me. So you take me seriously. What? Yeah, I guess. And then it's a f- I mean, I didn't really get the sense that she was like making attempts to share that rational. with him, you know. That was the whole point of that scene, though, is she literally said, I wanted to tell you about this. I was too scared to tell you. I knew you're borderline autistic and needed scientific evidence to even humor this conversation. So I decided to bring you scientific evidence. Oopsie, I'm bleeding out on the fucking kitchen floor. Will you listen to me for a second? Yeah, I mean, she we don't know how he would have reacted because she she acted very hysterically and cut the thing out of her leg before talking to him. So, uh, yes, side. Um, it's like where her front kidneys would be. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the, I'm going to wrap this up, but the, the end of this is all my psychological fucking like, tr- like the, the, my worst fears is me begging someone to listen and believe me and you not doing it. But past all that, she's in jail. Um, I'm skipping over notes that aren't important. Like she's on the other side of the bars and she's like, come close. And then he turns to his wife and says, we're alone. This is the end of days, bro. This is your fucking love of your life. And she's so committed to this, whether she's psychologically unstable or not, you're questioning whether you should get up and scoot two feet closer to her. 
You fucking me right now? I feel like you were very triggered by this. I've been trying not to use that word this whole time, guys. Uh, but yeah, like genuinely, yes. Wow. I, I did not get this, Jesse. I was... I, I viewed him as a tragic character, if anything. That's so wild. I, he ends up a tragic character. He starts an obstinate character. But the thing is, is he's a good person. So it's difficult to watch this good person be so obstinate and then learn the lesson too late, which is life. And I was somehow say, that's mostly life. <laughs> poetic. But um, and my, my last thing is quadrupling down on me screaming right now, which is she's being escorted out. To 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 die. He's standing there reading her your fucking death Miranda rights or whatever your fucking like brainwash speech, pledge of allegiance, what the fuck ever. Um, doesn't give her a hug, give her a kiss, like any of that shit. Like, and I thought about that and excused it for a single second, guys. To be honest. But then the next episode starts and he's getting kicked out and on his way out, he touches the fucking deputy's arm and like holds him and is like, yeah, I appreciate like our brotherhood or whatever. And whatever that arm grab of intimacy meant. And then he leaves and it made me so mad that he fucking didn't do anything for his wife and then was like, but you've been a real bro and then just walks the fuck out. I mean, I, I think mean, for his wife, he's like mostly in shock that this is all happening so fast. And then also like he's angry at her for saying the words that he has no power to do anything at that point, right? Like he can't do anything. Once she said, I want to go out, that's it. Yeah. yeah. You know so what I you think could he, do? He's Give equally, her a hug. Well, I think he's too dies. Yeah, but I don't he's think mad, he's thinking though. rationally. Yeah. He's mad and he's shocked and he's angry that this is even happening and he doesn't know what to do. And she's just kind of like moved beyond that. She just wants to go outside. She wants For to. Sure. She wants to like validate what she thinks is out there, right? So I think there's it's a little different between. You're right. Uh, the husband what Jesse would do and in Mars. shock and what he does in shock, I guess, it is quite valid. They're different responses. But right. like when I'm backed into a corner and I know I'm literally never going to have an opportunity to do or say a thing again, I will full whole ass embarrass myself or do the wrong thing. Like when I know it's my last moments of a thing, I can't like I, I I could have been like mad and ghostly distraught or whatever. But there's absolutely no fucking way that lady turns around and that door shuts and I don't do anything. Scream. I love you like any. But that's me. And you just made me realize I can't expect other people to always act like me. Um, What a great yeah, first episode of a show. You know, know. that was a good one. Uh, we definitely do have to move on. But you're right. I am very sorry. I do need to take a quick break. And we're back to the podcast. So we got we got through that first episode in a tight 42 minutes. Now we are going to talk about the second episode. Holston's pick. Uh, so, hey, remember that guy, George, who was going through that old hard drive with Allison and helped her unlock all those nasty secrets? Well, he had a girlfriend named Juliet, and she's pretty sure that he definitely didn't kill himself. So her and Holston do a little gumshoe work together throughout the episode. And at the end, we find out that he picked her as his successor. And wow, uh, we're done with the whole episode. Thank you for listening. If you want to email us at and at the very end, she goes to discover the tunnel that he told her about. So that is the overarching kind of um, story. That's everything that basically happens. Um, This episode does very much center on Juliet as a character. And I did want to say that that actor was also quite good. Although I could tell that she was hiding some kind of accent. I don't know if she's Irish or British or Australian or what, but it was definitely not a very convincing American. Yeah. She's Swedish. Apparently. Yeah. I could tell, I could tell she was something (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Um, so the episode starts, um, with, uh, Wow, almost got everybody's name mixed up for a second. Holston being let outside. Um, goes outside and at the end just starts crawling towards his wife. He like rips the helmet off, 
a lot of close-ups on his fucking face. Um, Mm -hmm. And then as he was crawling towards his wife, I'm bawling, like bawling. And I want to let you know, if he didn't make it to his wife and he didn't hold her hand and die there, I was going to fucking Sparta kick my TV over and I'm (laughs) done with the show. I was actively having that thought as I was crying that if they fuck me on this, I'm done. I was so invested, bro. Jesse, are you like having a manic, angry day or something? Because you're like, (laughs) no, I'm so mad at like the imaginary things that are happening. That's because I care about imagination land. That's my whole thing. But this isn't even a thing that happened. This is something that you just thought might happen and you preemptively got mad about Yeah, it. because fucking HBO fucks me all the time. And all if right. this was an HBO show, he wouldn't have made it to die next to her. And he would have died based. like seven feet away from her and I would have never had my emotional fucking nut blown. Okay. I needed that to happen. Okay. I needed it. I needed it. <laughs> Uh, we see we see him take his helmet off though, and I feel like that blows your theory, John. No, no, that no. it was the pumped in gas. No, because once you're poisoned, you're poisoned. I mean, mm, yeah, you can start uh-huh. breathing good air, but once you've breathed poison air, it's 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 over, man. They, I don't know. You're right. They do do close ups on the face. They do. And do. I'm really interested if later we're gonna find out that there are hints to one of you two being right in that scene Mm. and i'm not i genuinely am not sure like separate from like i know what's going on like i said only the evidence in this episode watching that i wasn't sure if they were trying to hint something at us or not or if it was just like the way it was shot or something so i'm I'm excited to come back on that in a few more episodes um then this this the whole rest of the episode is really holston and jewels um Going over her life with George and 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 at the even the beginning of their interaction, um, I wasn't sure if I was picking up on Holston being compassionate or not, or if Holston was being a cop. And I think it, we get an answer. Um, he was genuinely showing some compassion. Um, but with with the watch at first, or even asking when she, when he asked her to come up and see the body, that's when I was like, I I think he knows. I think he is trying to do her a favor right now almost and get to like see this person one last time because he knows the legal system. She's not family. That wasn't going to fucking happen. Um, what what do, do you have any? I have so much to say. So you tell me what you have. Keep going. If you have more, keep going. I, I'll, I'll t- chime in if I have something to add. Cool. But I, I love the 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 visualization and the the metaphor of uh, classism. Is that the right word I want to use here? Where it's just like, yeah, the hard workers, they stay down on the bottom and they literally visually gradient the people from their fucking jobs and how important they think how important they want you to think they are, I guess, is actually the more the truth of the matter is the visual people who they show running the government or whatever in the sheriff sheriff's office is on the top floor. The woman engineer that keeps the silo literally alive with fresh mm. filtered air uh, hidden in the bottom shown no respect except by her peers who know She's single-handedly the person keeping everybody alive. Um, I have a million things I could say about that, but I think you said it just fine. Okay, cool. Um, I'm, and also with that being the like theme of the show, you will also have an opportunity to articulate those next time something like a little pearl pops up for you to inspire you. It's not like this will be our last chance to go over that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I that that. Seems like it's hopefully going to be a theme. I mean, you introduce the idea of a vertically organized society in a very literal sense, and I assume that's going to be part of the story. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the judiciary and Mm. Common, who apparently works for the judiciary. In my mind, um, this is actually Common. Um, I'm pretty sure we actually do learn what his name is, and it's not Common, but... Sims. um, Sims. I choose to believe that it is. Yeah, it's I'm going to call him common. common for the rest of the show. That's fine. He did look very threatening yeah. and scary. <laughs> he's like a he's yeah, he's like a G-man, you know, like oh. CIA guy for the silo basically. Yeah. Like, 100%. Not, 
you don't really trust him. I feel like the way that he's portrayed in the show, he does a really good job of it. And the show does a really good job of you not knowing who the fuck this guy is. And, but you immediately think that this guy's dangerous. Like he's, he's not like you, this weenie lawyer guy working for like the judiciary. He's like this like guy that you probably don't want to ever have to run into because yeah, he, yeah, not going to be good news. He's when he shows up, you get that vibe where you're like, oh, you're like the person who makes people disappear. You're the muscle for the judiciary. So for sure. apparently in an interview, Common said, I would look at the judicial judicial as a combination of the CIA and Congress. So <laughs> uh, uh, basically I'll just the you. regular CIA and Congress. And, and you get the, at least for me, like I got the feeling that like, he's not just like, he's not a normal, like they're, they, I think they talk about it with the, who's the mayor. I forget the woman's name. Uh, Whatever the mayor's woman name is. Martha Walker. Martha. She, they all talk about their disdain for judicial. I don't think we've really talked. There's three branches of government in the silo, right? There's, I'm assuming it's executive, legislative, and judicial, but have we heard anything about this legislative at all yet, right? Not just judicial and like executive kind of, but like you get, they have disdain for judicial and they seem to be afraid of them for the reasons that we're afraid, like Commons character, Sims. Yeah, and uh, I also get the feeling that he's not just working for the judicial. Like he's like he's carrying out special plans for some like special branch of judicial is what it feels like. Like he's he's definitely not just towing the judicial line. Like he's also listening to somebody else, or he's got some ulterior motives going on. Yeah, yeah. And again, I yeah, like how much stuff is set up, how much mystery and just intrigue is is going on everywhere. Yeah. And they don't tell you right away. That's why I love it. Like, yeah. They let you kind of stew about it. No, yeah. everybody just seems not comfortable with the idea of those people. Because even the law, the sheriffs on the deputies on different floors and the mayor, nobody wants to have to interact with these people. Um, and also, besides them being just intimidating figures because of stern faces, it was really um, uh, disconcerting how nice their clothes are. That stood out to me immediately, and it might have just been because they were in the depths and not, like, up top, but they were dressed, like, to the nines, dude. Clean, fresh clothes, all, like, dark. I can't remember the exact outfit, but it was, like, super nice black shoes, really nice black pants, turtleneck, gray sweater. Like, I was uncomfortable with how nice their clothes look in the world they live in. They just took the uh, the cue from lawyers back in the day when they built the silo. They're like, yeah, you just wear shit like this. You get the huh. nice clothes. Now, those nerds were like, uh, actually, so we, we modeled you after Steve Jobs. He was a very intimidating man back in the day. Love that turtleneck. <laughs> um, the CG in this is fucking flawless, dog. Yeah. Like, may- maybe it's being utilized, like, intelligently or whatever. It's like. We don't see that drill thing for too long. Like the majority of the time it's out of focus in the background or whatever, but like not I'm, I'm, I'm a picky weirdo. Not a single time was, I was like, Oh, that looks weird. That wasn't lit. Right. Those perspectives don't match up. Like, no, it was perfect. I, I thought the show was just visually very interesting and good. Like all the like, uh, banners and everything were like the way the colors popped against the like gray silo and, also getting to see like the hydroponics bay where they're like growing all their food and stuff like in the I think it was the first shot like an establishing yeah. shot all that you just see, looked really some... cool the the fucking staircase looks like weird and sci-fi like it reminded me of Deep Space Nine or something it looked so cool yeah um yeah like vi- what is visually the... I I have no complaints about the show I I was kind of like joking around with my wife while I was going on I was like. I think uh, I think this silo might be kind of sketchy, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> it might not be all all good like we think, you know. But yeah, dun dun. Um, all right, um, um, we are is. so close to the hour. We have to rate and review this soon. So we last will. Call. I have three notes left. Um. When the deputy, I don't know if there actually was it sheriff and deputy. Definitely, are those the like first and second tier dudes? Mm-hmm. When the deputies keep saying, but at the end of the episode, it's just like, but, but he wasn't in his right mind. But he wasn't in his right mind. I out loud yelled, "How dare you!" 
fuck that dude. You love this man and respect this man as your best friend for your entire life. Just because you don't understand one decision he made, you now undermine every will or wish that he ever had. Your best friend in the world, this dude you've worked with for a, clearly a very long time. Like, Wait, he, didn't, he what, didn't lose his what? mind like the lady. He peacefully, calmly decided to do the thing he was going to do. And his best Wait, friend's but- like, fucking loony. What, like what specifically are you talking about? He was speaking to the mayor, and when the mayor mm-hmm. finally asked for the seventh time, "Man, I wish he would have just appointed someone else to be sheriff." He goes, "Oh yeah, he did," and then pulls the fucking death note out of his pocket and was like, uh, "I wasn't going to show you this because he's he wasn't in his right mind." And I'm like, "Fuck you! You're not the dude who gets to determine that. Definitely not singularly by yourself. But second of all, fuck you." Like, that was your boy. <laughs> so, this is different from the book. Uh, I have gotten this far in the book. Like, this happens pretty early, obviously. It's like second episode. But I was wondering why this was different. And then I read that the writer, whatever his name is. Hugh Howie. Yeah, Hugh Howie actually, like, was heavily involved with the show. And, like, Fuck suggested yeah. a lot of the changes that happened between the book and, like, the show. And what who we get to spend time with and what. So, it seems like... um yeah, I don't. I don't remember like specifically like what he said for this part, or, like what like what the deputy said about this part. Because I, I I remember he withheld the name to like a long time through this episode, but I I don't remember that part. But <laughs> I thought sure. it was for like a different reason than he didn't. Yeah, I thought in the book it was something like him being like, "It's gonna cause a riot if we hire a grease monkey to be the sheriff up top." Like I I haven't read it in a while, but I thought that was one of the tears of his hesitation. I don't want to say anything. And then I think the mayor goes like, actually, I think that would actually sow some trust and peace if we got someone from down below to come up here, even though all the fucking stuffed shirts are going to get real pissy about it. Yeah, they just don't want judicial's pick to go through. Like, that's for the IT pick, right? Yeah, she, the mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, both of them, I guess. They're both Mm -hmm. like, eh, one guy's okay. Um, He was trying to retire. He's trying to put in his last few days and uh, just... Yeah, retire and not worry about any of this. So mm-hmm. I, I really sure. I get him wanting to retire. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then this is my last my last thing here. She goes back to Dead Man's Hole, the place we discovered in this episode, the hidden tunnel we saw on a map. We get to see some really interesting old etchings, a little lore from the old world. But the part of this that resonated with me the most, um, is this. And and it's and it's precious and sad in a very unique way to me. But this adult, very intelligent, talented, accomplished like person does not know what swimming is. She's terrified of the water, and it has been generations since anyone has had a place they could swim. So nobody in that silo knows how to swim. I'm mildly curious if she knows swimming was ever a thing. <laughs> she just goes, yeah, you know why I don't like water? Because when something goes in it, it falls and it doesn't come back up. Like, have they never seen a fish and gone like, yeah, I bet I could kind of do that. I really don't think they have fish anymore. <laughs> uh, like, Patrick, she clearly some- never uh, went climbing either, huh? The way she secured that line. Oh, yeah. Did she do some kind of knot, fancy knot? I don't remember that. No, it was a very stupid knot. And she just like hung it around a single piece of rebar that was sticking out of the the beam. <laughs> I remember the yeah, I remember the the uh, I remember thinking like the guy laid this line because like yeah. the thing that he like hid. And I was like, wow, yeah, he went, he went all out. man. Yeah, He's a fucking genius. That guy's <laughs> awesome. But yeah, looking at her face and like her comprehension as she's like climbing down the ladder and like the light falls in the water. And at that moment, I'm like. I don't even know if they have bathtubs uh, because she does not seem to understand that her body has any buoyancy even. She's so scared to fall the last 10 feet into the water that the rope is in that if she had an understanding of buoyancy at all, she would at least go like, well, I could fall in the water. I'm holding the rope. And if I'm holding the rope in the water, I'm almost weightless. Like that's the most safe I could even be right now is just holding the rope in the water. But she is terrified of falling in the water um and that whole just that's a mess of emotions and feelings rubik's cubing their way around in my head like it's that's so interesting like what other things do they not come she's a genius mechanic 
the singular person that understands every single thing and that uh, of how how all those machines cohabitate in the deep. Like, um, that's not me giving like a bunch of shit away. She's just she's the lead mechanic. When something goes fucking wrong, you saw her inside that machine when we first saw her. She's the one, and she doesn't know about floating in water. That's just blows my mind. Um, I don't know if she doesn't know about it, but I think they just don't have bad friends, probably. <laughs> How else would you know about <laughs> it, though? Is there, like, a college, well, I mean, like, a physics, like, no, I'm being so real with you. If there's not chickens. No, 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 I'm, no I'm real. I'm, say, I'm saying they probably. How would she, she know about because, it is what I'm asking you. Because in the next episode, there's water. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that they know what water is. Well, I know they know what water is, but I haven't seen the next episode, so I could be like falling on my face now. But I'm just I don't like, want to say anything, but I will say like she definitely knows what water is. I, well, I know like, she knows what water is. I'm talking about the specific things that happen when you have enough water. Like, yeah, yeah. They know, well, they they know boy, what water a, is, but they don't have swimming pools, so they can't like they don't have swimming, swimming lessons yeah. in the silo. Because that's what yeah, I was yeah. wondering is even when you have a bathtub, dude, imagine if you'd the biggest thing that you'd ever been in is a bathtub. Like yeah, you don't really even float in there unless you're yeah, you don't, small like yeah. a kid. And if she's not boiling like eggs to make hard boiled eggs or whatever, I'm gen if there's no fish, there's no boiling <laughs> eggs, there's maybe a bathtub, I'm really wondering the full amount of understanding she has about water. Besides like, yeah. oh, you don't die when you drink it. Like, I don't know. And it's fucking scary. Yeah, you probably don't. Uh. Can't wait to watch the next episode and see what Patrick's talking about and everything I just said completely <laughs> unravels. I can't wait until we do the next season of House of the Dragon and someone mentions iced milk and then I talk for 15 minutes about how the milk became iced. I, I can't not. wait. It's Yeah, I can't. I can't wait for this. We must God. rate and review these damn episodes of this damn television show. So we will begin with you, Patrick. What do you think of this? And what rating would you give it? So tempted to give it something out of some kingdom. John, do we start the new rating system right now? Or do we save that for later? We did it last week, didn't we? No, no, no. I talked to John about a new crazy rating system. I feel like we should talk about that before we debut it more. Let's okay, not fine. confuse the I listeners. Could, could just have the listeners watch us fumble over top of one another for, our, for their entertainment. But yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give this a great good rating because I think... This really, really great setup with world building. It's not even really a world. It's a, a thing, right? Like a silo. And it just happens to be a pretty big silo with all these people yeah. living in there. They do a great visual job of showing it and all the different kind of aspects of living of, of silo life and of these kind of mysterious workings of why is it there? What, what's, what's happening on the outside? What these people know, what they don't know, and all the inner workings of all the people trying to maybe hide secrets from them. So I think it's, uh, I'm going to give it a great good. Awesome. Uh, as for myself, I, I like that guy. I think I'm gonna go good, good, very solid. Everything competently done, looked good, sounded good. All the performances were good. Uh, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen in the in the future episodes. So I really have no complaints. Uh, yeah. What about you, Jesse? Oh, 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 oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um. Can I do great, great, great? Or can I do great, great, weird? Or do I do great, good, weird? Because all of those are how I feel. Uh, maybe we could just call this the trifecta, where it's all of them. This is, it is the trifecta, which is a hint for the audience on how I want to completely redo the rating system. No. Um, yeah, dude. Fucking full trifecta, bro. Fucking great, good, weird. Great, 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 good, great, weird. I'm fucking torqued right now, dude. I'm so high off of my tears from finishing these episodes right before I came to record this. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to wait until next week to watch the rest of these, but I feel like I should. Uh, um, I was thinking I might watch it like tomorrow or something, but, you know, that's up to each individual person to decide. So for sure, we will revisit that next week. Thank you, as always, everybody for listening. You can always email us at goodweirdgreat at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And I would super love to hear from you, especially about Silo. Come on. Come on. I need you. I need you, baby. Until next time, I want to go outside. John, you can't say that. John. John. <laughs>